Welcome to Joy Field and Jesus Led. I'm your host, Tony Daniels, sharing real life stories and practical tools that not only let you know you're not alone, but also help you become the emotional, spiritual ninja warrior you were created to be. How often have you been somewhere where they seem to be speaking a different language, yet they don't explain what they're saying or what they're doing? It's like you're just supposed to know how to behave. Or maybe you've been asked to share in a small group setting possibly, but you don't know how deep to share or what is even being asked of you. An effective facilitator makes sure you have all that you need to succeed. A relational revolution is sweeping through God's people globally. And as the training champion for Luke 10, my key question has been, how do we help facilitate church in ways that grow healthy attachments to God and each other? In this episode, I recap content from the last few weeks and jump into the third S of effective facilitating, setting others up for success. Hope you enjoy. Hi there, Tony here, and today we are continuing the conversation of how to facilitate a relational revolution. So if you haven't heard the three previous podcasts, then you are coming in in the middle of a series, so I want to let you know that. And what we're talking about is really how to facilitate in a way that helps make it easy for people to connect heart to heart with each other and connect heart to heart with God. We in Luke 10 believe that this really is being church. Being church together is connecting heart to heart with each other healthily and all of us connecting to God healthily in a way where we can sense his presence with us so that he can lead us. And I call that joy-filled and Jesus-led, which is the name of this podcast. So how do we facilitate in a way that actually changes Christian culture to become more joy-filled instead of guilt and duty-driven and and becomes more Jesus-led instead of possibly pastor-led or program-led or building-led or pain-led, if we're going to let our pain lead us, sometimes that happens too. So how do we give ourselves just enough structure so that it actually makes being joy-filled and Jesus-led easy? Because that's what facilitation means. It means helping make something easy. So we're seeing ourselves more as spiritual moms and dads as coaches, as facilitators. And what would that look like as as opposed to possibly teachers or preachers, which those are necessary. We're not saying they're not necessary. But the teaching and the preaching has dominated the church for many, many, many years. And the practical aspect of actually coaching someone to connect with their own heart and others' hearts and God's heart has been missing. Um, and because we we literally thought that if we just got the information right and the knowledge right, then then the actions would follow and people would automatically develop the skills necessary to live out what they knew to be true. But that has not been the case. And hundreds of years have proven it, <laughs> that knowledge-based uh, Christianity is not producing true character change in its followers. So... How then do we facilitate in a way that is that actually helps people grow the relational skills necessary to develop 
heart-to-heart connection with each other and with God. So that's the, the, the conversation we're having now. And I shared a few paradigm shifts with you several weeks ago, and you can go back and listen to those if you haven't heard them. And I started sharing the four S's of an effective facilitator. And um, the first one, as shared a few weeks ago, was to see people, to see the people you're with. And we use our our physical eyes to see them. We make eye contact with them as much as they're comfortable with. And we let God share our face, so to speak. And we feel how God feels about people. And so we greet people with that genuine glad to be with them because God is always glad to be with every single human on this earth. And so um, if we let him share kind of our face and our body, even we can feel how God feels for each other. And we can let him share our face and we can see them and we don't just see them physically. um, Although we do, what do they look like? What's their posture? Tell us about how they're feeling. Um, But we, we also say, what do these things tell us about their heart? And so we really try to see with the eyes of the heart. And we talk a lot about that a few weeks ago in that podcast. And then last time we talked about being safe and how are we safe together um, in a way that's helpful because safe doesn't mean we don't talk about really hard things. It doesn't mean we don't confront each other because we do. So, but how do we do it in a way that, um, that honors each person and honors Christ in the room as well? And we've come up with, um, a a way of handling these things. And I shared it last week of really asking the person, what do you need from us right now? Um, So really we're talking about being safe in a context of people sharing heavy emotions, because that's typically where things go, get a little unsafe in spiritual community is we share a heavy feeling like I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling scared. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves getting preached to, or people telling us, giving us advice Uh, telling us we shouldn't feel that way. And that doesn't really help us at all. So we've found that when we ask the question, what would you like from us? And then when we give multiple choices, the person then gets to tell us what would be most helpful for them. And then they're really um, usually excited about receiving that from us because we've asked permission. They've told us what they want and we're actually giving them what what they need right now. So those are the first two S's. And that brings us to today's S, which is setting people up for success. So how do we set people up for success when we're together and when we're facilitating being church in this way of connecting heart to heart with each other and with God? And I think one of the ways that we in Luke 10 set people up for success is is by being very clear about our mission, our vision, our values, and our practices. And um, I mean, everyone almost from day one can tell you what our five core values are, what our mission and vision are, because that gives them the big picture of what we're about and where we're going. So that if, if you're not interested in being a vibrant family of Jesus, for example, which is our mission statement, um, uh, well, our, our vision is to see a vibrant family of Jesus within reach of every person on the planet. So If you're not interested in being a vibrant family of Jesus or training others to become vibrant families of Jesus, then you know right away this probably isn't the best place for you, right? So that helps set you up for success. If this is not your your boat to be on, (laughs) we can help you exit graciously. Um, So the, the vision is clear. 
the mission is clear. How do we uh, how do we go about seeing these vibrant families of Jesus within reach of every person on the planet? And we do this by connecting and equipping spiritual moms and dads. So that's very clearly what we are about doing. We connect spiritual uh, parents or, or these moms and dads, these facilitators, as we would call them, all over the world. They're coming and then they get to connect with each other and know they're not alone. So we connect them and then we equip them. We equip them through training pathways that we have so that they can learn how to open their hearts to each other, how to connect to God and listen and hear his voice in community. And then they can go forward and train and how to facilitate these things and these communities, right? So we have people from mission organizations, church planting organizations, house church organizations, institutional churches, businesses, all different types coming to us because they want to be church in their environment, whether it's an institutional church or whether it's a business, they want to learn to be church there, uh, to learn to connect with each other heart to heart, connect with God and live out their faith together in that environment. And how do they do that best? And so Luke 10 sets them up for success. So we, we train them, we equip them. So we're clear on our vision and our values, um, our mission, our vision. Our values are to be joy-fueled, Jesus-led communities of practice who train spiritual moms and dads to nurture these these vibrant families of Jesus or what we call these ecosystems of grace. So those are our five core values. And and you really learn that very quickly. Um, So it helps set the guardrails for how we're going to be together because we're going to try to be joy-filled together. We're going to try to be Jesus-led together, letting him lead us every step of the way. We are going to be a community of practice together. So when you join one of our communities of practice, that's what it's for. It's to practice. <laughs> so if you're if you're a person who says, you know what, I hate practice and I really don't want to practice, then that's not for you. But if you're a person who's saying, I so want to learn to love my neighbor better. I want to learn to love my family better. I want to learn to love myself better. I want to learn to love God better. Then practice is the way you get there. And our communities of practice are the place to be. So so we set you up for success by talking about our values and helping give the, these guardrails sort of for these values, uh, training spiritual moms and dads. So we see you as a spiritual mom and dad, um, and we want to, to help train and equip you. So you're also training with us, but we're equipping you not to do Luke 10's thing. We're equipping you to actually go back into your home, into your institutional church, if you're there, into your house church, if you have a house church, into your business, if you see business as church. So we're training you to go and nurture those communities where you find yourself in, those ecosystems of grace, so to speak, those vibrant families of Jesus. So we're not asking you to get out of those things and serve us or serve with us. We are literally equipping you to go back into those places and give them what they don't, what what that ecosystem might have been missing all along and help do that. And we support you while you're bringing more relational practice to those environments. So apart from being clear on our vision, mission, and values. We're very clear on our practices. And this is where we get down to the nitty gritty of actually scaffolding. How do we scaffold our meetings and how do we train people and set them up for success when they're in meetings together, when we're facilitating? So that gets down to the facilitation piece to this. And we really focus on whole-brained 
training. So we have some content that people can absorb outside of our meeting times. If they want more left brain content, it's there. But when we gather, it really is to practice the things that we're learning and then to coach each other around those things. So when we are starting a new skill or teaching someone, for example, just how to how to share their emotions with each other in a group, we're going to explain the skill. So the first thing we're going to do to set them up for success is explain to them the expectation or what we're trying to do. Then we're going to share our experience around it, how it's helped us, how it has shaped us. And then we actually model for them what we're asking them to do. After we model it, we actually get a reaction round from everyone on what I modeled. So if it's a, if it's a check-in, for example, that I'm teaching or, or that I'm training people in, I am going to explain what a check-in is. You know, we check in, we share our emotions with each other because really the emotions are the uh, kind of the pathway to the heart. And when we want to connect with each other heart to heart, that's kind of how we do that is through sharing our feelings or uh, our emotions. And so we're going to do this and we're going to do it in two minutes, let's say, because there might be six to eight people gathered or more. And and we really don't have a long attention span as humans to be able to pay attention for more than 20 minutes to, to heart conversation. It's really, it's exhausting, believe it or not, to, to observe and pay radical attention like that to each other's hearts. So we're going to respect people by doing it for about two minutes a piece if we can. And what are we going to share? Well, you're going to, you know, you can use sachet if you want. We, we teach sachet in Luke 10 and we talk about um, an acronym for sad, angry, scared, happy, excited, tender. So if you need a check-in word, if you need an emotion word, you can choose from one of those things. And then uh, we explain briefly what those feelings uh, entail. So let me model this for you as I've just explained it. Uh, well, first of all, let me share with you my experience with checking in. So this might sound weird, this whole checking in thing, and do we really need to do this? And we do recommend that people do it as close to daily as possible. And why is that? Well, first, it's because it's a skill that you grow just like playing the piano or playing soccer. I'm only going to learn how to kick that ball or put my hands on that keys without thinking about it if I've practiced and practiced and practiced. And so the same thing is true with our heart and with checking in with each other and listening to each other. It's a skill that we practice and we only get really good the more we practice. So that's why we recommend as close to daily as possible. And when my husband and I started uh, checking in with each other, it was really life-changing for both of us because we felt, uh, we, we realized that we could connect really quickly. Uh, we had four children at the time, and as you can imagine, life was crazy. And to be able to connect heart-to-heart in a very quick time frame for us was important during those years. And um, and it, it helped me feel close to him, help him feel close to me. It still does because um, we still do it. And it, it just helps keep our hearts aligned as we're parenting and living life and working and all the things that we do. So I'm going to model it now. Um, how, uh, let's see, how am I feeling today? Uh, I am checking in as peaceful, full, excited, and a little, maybe nervous might be the word. 
So I am peaceful and full. I had a wonderful weekend with the family. We did some creek stomping, as they call it in Tennessee, where we got to play in the creek. And it was such a beautiful, the nature was so beautiful around us that I just absorbed it and felt so full um, of life and love and appreciation. And um, so that's, that's full and thankful. And then I think I said peaceful. I just had some time this morning, thankfully, to center and to do some appreciation work. And so I just feel very peaceful inside. I uh, feel very accompanied by God. I feel like he's with me. And a little nervous. I have a meeting uh, this afternoon that is I know will be... Um, it will be hard. There's some hard emotions that will need to be shared in this meeting. And I uh, want to radically listen well to the people that I'm going to be with. And so sometimes um, I just feel it, like I feel the importance of that. And that can make me a little short of breath. So I'm feeling a little short of breath um, because of that. But I'm also excited because whenever we have conflict and hard conversations like this within our organization, it always leads to intimacy, almost always leads to deeper intimacy, um, deeper understanding of one another, and then a new pathway forward that we could never have imagined. So I'm excited about that too, even though it's a little nervous um, about that. So that's my check-in. I'm in. So after we model, like I've just modeled, then we would say, so what does this sound like to you? How is this landing on you? This, this check-in concept, my experience with it, and then my, my model of it. What did you notice, right? What did you notice? How did it, how did it, how did you feel while I was checking in? How did it possibly affect our whole group as I was checking in? And why does this seem important to you? Does this seem relevant to your life? Does it seem important? So I've explained what we're going to do. I've shared my experience around it. I model. I give you a model, an example of what I'm asking you to do. And then we debrief. We react around this. So you have, so that everyone in the group has a chance to land, to arrive at this space of practice, right? And then once we listen to everyone's reactions and talk, any, you know, answer any questions people might have about this type of practice, then we actually do it. We just jump in and we practice. And then after everyone practices, guess what? We debrief again. We react again. We ask, how did everyone feel doing this? How was that for you? Was it hard? Was it easy? Did you enjoy it? Did you hate it? All things are, are possible, right? But we do that debrief again. So setting people up for success in Luke 10, we train our facilitators in every skill we're introducing and every, um, every value has a practice and every practice has a specific way of setting people up for success so that they can do things that they, they might not have realized they could do and helps them understand why they're doing those things and, and moves with the group at the group's speed uh, while introducing new material. So we're setting people up for success. And that's one of the key uh, points of, of a good facilitator. Um, because you can imagine if I walk into a new group and I'm just like, hey, let's check in and no one knows what that means, that could throw people off. <laughs> or if I just start doing it without 
asking if they even want to, or if, you know, maybe they think this is a stupid idea. So, okay, maybe we shouldn't check in at all. So it really helps set the whole group up for success because you're you're getting people on the same page um, and you're helping them understand why we might be doing something that might feel uncomfortable. Because feeling uncomfortable, as we'll learn in the next S, um, isn't a bad thing. But people have to willingly go there. <laughs> we don't want people to feel uncomfortable without them having made that choice ahead of time to do so. <laughs> so we want to set them up for success. All right. Well, that's the third S. We have one more to go. And um, I hope that this is helping you. This series is helping you envision a little bit what it's like to facilitate small groups um, in a totally different way, even if it's your dinner table conversation, all the way to a board meeting, but where if you're introducing new practices or things like that, how you can do this in a way that's relational, that helps people feel connected heart to heart with each other and with God in the process. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Joyfield and Jesus Led. In what ways are you being set up for success in your life right now? Do you have anyone who sets you up for success? Or maybe you're in charge of helping others succeed. Do you know how to set them up well? Or do they seem to wonder what you expect from them? Do you know the vision, values, practices, and expectations of the community you do life with? If you're hungry to learn how to set people up for success with this kind of attention, don't hesitate to start your training with Luke 10 today. Until next time.